What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is October 8th, and we got a good show for you here for uh, show number six now. Starting with the sports rundown as per usual, going into the wing review. We're going into the GOAT of the week, which we're going to change things up a little bit here and debate something other than sports. Uh, we're going to do Loris trivia. Uh, we have a story from Cole real quick, and then uh, finish off with some questions from the fans as per usual. So that Loris uh, Athletics Rundown, very proud of our women's soccer team. They earned a national honor, uh, having a team GPA of 3.0 and above. Congratulations to them. And then Volleyball beat Luther, a team that knocked them out last year in the conference tournament. So kind of a big win for them as they're going to make their way through the conference play. Uh, look out for that women's volleyball team. All right. Going into our wing review this week. This is the one you guys have been waiting for, probably Buffalo Wild Wings. Had to go there, had to give them a review. Uh, scores, me, 6.8. Trent, 6.5. J-O-B, which is our friend John O'Brien, 6.9. Dexter Bass, 6.7. Cole, 6.9, which gives the group an average 6.76. All right, let's get into it. The wings, uh, mine might have been a little skewed. I had to have mine a little bit later. Uh, but so, like, kind of keeping that in mind, the, the, my favorite part was the taste. Uh, B dubs, at least that wing that I had, their honey barbecue. Uh, it was, I mean, it was good flavor. Uh, it kind of had that cooked into it, plus that sauce on top. I mean, that's kind of what gave me my, my but it, again, it wasn't necessarily kind of like looking at the size, wasn't necessarily the biggest wing. And then the meat could have been a little bit more tender. Yeah, you know, for me, it was it was almost the definition of an average wing. Uh, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. The only thing that pushed it above like a 6.5, which is kind of the average wing in my mind, is the fact that the honey barbecue and the mild had kind of a unique taste. It, it was a different taste than what a honey barbecue would be at a different restaurant, they kind of have their own little twist to how it would taste. So I'm going to give them that, uh, puts them up to a 6.8 in my book, but super average. I mean, if I'm hungry and I want to watch sports, I'll go over there and I'll eat some wings. Yeah, I feel like Buffalo Wild Wings is the average of wings. I mean, it's like kind of the baseline. We almost probably should have started with Buffalo Wild Wings, but mm. then it would have been a little mm. weird. But, I mean, yeah, with it's, like you said, 6.5, that's what I gave it. I mean, it it was your typical wing. Like it, you, I don't think you could get any more average. Um, like I would go back, but it would almost, you're almost going back for like the atmosphere too. If you're going back to Buffalo wild wings. Um, but I mean, I like at the end of the day, they're not terrible wings. Like I would eat them again. That, and the, I mean, just consistency. I mean, you know what you're going to get. You're, you're going to go in there, get the flavor that you want. That's another thing that they've got going for them. They've got plenty of different flavors. Uh, but again, consistency, you know, it's not going to be a bad wing. You know, it's not going to be extremely great, but you're going to go in, you're going to get those wings and you can leave. I mean, you know what you're going to get. True. And it's a chain, which actually might be our first chain that we've reviewed. I think all the other ones are, are unique. And so this, I mean, I've had Buffalo Wild Wings in all areas of the country and they do taste very similar. So there is that, I guess that could be 
a negative or a positive. It depends on how you look at it. But all right. So go to the week this week. We actually changed it and we're gonna we're gonna know what we're gonna debate ahead of time this time. We're not pulling it from a hat because there was one thing we specifically wanted to debate. We went and watched the the new Joker movie and that got us into debating the greatest Joker of all time in movies. Who was the best Joker of all time? All right, let's start what it out. What do you got? I got Hot Queen Phoenix. All right, well, so he's the one that played the most recent Joker. Uh, I have to go with Heath Ledger, and uh, I think Heath, Heath Ledger is the GOAT for multiple reasons in my <coughs> eyes. Um, I think he's also viewed as the GOAT by many others. He just put on such a crazy performance that he even drove himself insane. Um, some say this role is really what caused his death. I mean, I understand that. You also got to kind of, I mean, I want to look at them as an like, individual in their individual role. Um, I don't necessarily know if Joker touched uh, Dark Knight as an actual film, but what Phoenix was able to do was incredible. I mean, what, how he just made Arthur Flick into what he was was incredible. I mean, he started him. I mean, just the way that he acted, you didn't know what was coming next. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. You know, as I'm looking at it and I'm comparing the two, uh, I think that Joker in The Dark Knight was legitimately scary. Like, he was a scary Joker. Like, if you were to wake up next to the Heath Ledger Joker versus next to Joaquin Phoenix Joker, I would be more afraid of the Heath Ledger version. He's a little bit more of a loose cannon. I feel like he's wilder like he'll he'll kill you in a in a very messed up way like there was a scene where he killed a guy with a pencil to his head um i know it's a little graphic but uh that's true that's just what i appreciated about the film was that it was so crazy and over the top right but i just i mean you kind of have to look at what he would what arthur or what uh phoenix was able to do he was able to build that character into like what it was and like he was so emotionally like invested that you i mean i any time that i would see him in another film it would be the joker just because of how he you could see his emotions you could see how the daily like tasks the daily things wore on him as an individual and he was able to actually put it into like real life i i mean like not that necessarily i could connect as much with him uh, on like a personal basis, but I was able to do that. Right. That I, I don't say, know if I was necessarily able to, and that might have been the film because like this one's for you to more actually understand what like the Joker goes through and why he is what like and how he became the Joker. But Arthur was able to, or Phoenix was able to make that character and me, somebody that doesn't necessarily, hasn't gone through what he's gone through, I was able to sit there and be the Joker. Yeah, I mean, his acting was incredible. Uh, I, I have to give to him. But I would say, at least my personal opinion, I, I almost didn't like how how relatable he was. Like, I, I like to view the Joker as somebody that's just, like, impossibly insane and that it couldn't, no real person could actually be like that. And so this film kind of showed you how a real person could kind of become that, which I guess I didn't necessarily like because it was almost too human does that scare you a little bit though i mean it's a scary concept for sure but i just i like the fact that it's like a mystery to his background i almost didn't like how they tried to create it from like a realistic perspective um but that's just my personal opinion Um, i think that makes honestly i think that makes the joker even a little bit more horrifying because now it's like 
This was an average person that started from nothing, and it was other people who treated him like crap that made him into... Our society developed the Joker, in a sense, right. that you don't see in, in Heath. Like, he was just... Like you don't, unfortunately, you don't have that background of why like Heath and kind of like developing that character, but like Phoenix, I mean, he literally was able to show how much like hurt and everything. Like he was a happy clown; he loves what he was doing, and then the world turned their back on him, and then that shows what like the world does and what society does to people. Right, right, and uh, I get that. Uh, I would say another aspect of the Heath Ledger Joker that I really liked is how smart he was. So if you were to go and watch the films again, there are certain things that he set up that were just crazy, like with the two different boats, and he had the bombs controlled. Each boat has each other controlled, and they had to figure out like if they were going to pull the trigger or not, and one boat was a bunch of prisoners and one was a bunch of tourists. And it's just like these crazy setups that I just don't see this Joker being able to do, at least from... From this film, I mean, maybe he gets smarter, but it seemed to me like he just, he wasn't like super intelligent, which is what I liked about the other Joker. I agree. I think that uh, Phoenix, uh, his character was a little bit more emotional than necessarily smarts. Yeah. Uh, he definitely acted with emotions, like, and had more personal vendetta than uh, Heath did. Uh, you can see anything that um, uh, Phoenix did with his role was uh, those guys in the subway um, when he acted like that and he killed those three. That was obviously all with emotion um, going on the TV show and acting that way towards the end was all emotion. Uh, and then you could just kind of see uh, what was kind of cool was when they were both in the cop car, uh, both Phoenix and Ledger. But you're kind of that same scene where they're in the both in the back of that cop car mm -hmm. was kind of a cool cinematic sequence to see how things got started. We definitely forgot to say spoiler alerts there, but <laughs> I don't right. think we gave away too much. Uh, but yeah, spoiler spoiler alert a little bit, I guess. What do you, what do you think, Trent? I'm like this is like a this was like a wing review for me. I was really struggling at the end of that movie because so before the Dark Knight might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so Heath Ledger was the goat of Jokers before this movie came out. I don't know if I want to give it to Phoenix right away. I think that his character and his acting skills definitely brought him up to that level. I don't, I think that people weren't expecting it to be as, as good as it was. Um, but I don't know. I mean, his, like you said, it, it, it made it such a in real life feeling that that's what I think made it so powerful. And that's what kind of pushed me to think that maybe Phoenix could be the best Joker of all time. Right. You know what I mean? Like Ledger, imagine if he kind of had that, if he made it almost realistic that he was an actual individual in like today's society instead of just like, and I understand, like, I'm not going to go into, like, the movie, but, like, he, it was kind of just so scary because of, he was an individual that, like, Phoenix was an individual that was getting made fun of, and, like, that's what drove him into, like, like, who he was, and Ledger's, like, you don't, he does he doesn't, he's not acting with emotions, like the Joker kind of does, and maybe he's acting with smarts, 
but that's what allows me to connect with Phoenix more than allows me to connect with with Ledger. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, if my dad's listening, I, I bet you he's going to argue for Jack Nicholson because he was kind of the original crazy joker, and he was great too, but uh, I, I've seen all of the films, and I, I still think Heath Ledger is the best, but again, decide for yourself and, and see. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna this one's going to be divided for yeah. sure. Yeah, you could even go back to Cesar Romero back in 1966. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty throwback, and we might have some listeners from then, but uh, yeah, there um, you go. He, was, he played a great role too. All right, moving on to Loris Trivia this week. Uh, let's see what you got, Trent. One question for you. And oh, Lord. I actually remember you guys were talking about this, and I wanted to see if you would forget over the time. So it is homecoming weekend, so we're tossing it to an alumni question. Okay. <clears throat> Who is the famous CBS broadcaster that graduated from Loris, and what major did he major in? I, I don't know his major, but it was it. Is it like, it's on the tip of my tongue, Greg, right. Greg Gumbel or something yes. like that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. You have any guess on his major? Sports management. Uh, it, mm, no, because it's going to be something random. I feel like you're trying to trick us. It it journalism? Was, it was a trick question. English was his major. Ah, uh, okay. okay. But yeah, I actually got a chance to meet Greg Gumbel back uh, when I was a sport management major. We put on the sport business symposium and he was our uh, first keynote speaker and uh he's an awesome awesome guy very personable um which was it's really cool to see once kind of i mean you see him on tv and you kind of don't know what to expect but he was really down to earth and awesome to talk to yeah at least his tv personality seems like he's very nice Mm -hmm. all right so that brings us into the next section which is a little stole a little story from cole from this weekend. Heard, so, yeah, heard you had a fun yeah, trip We there did. We had weekend. a wild weekend to start off. He just, so, he just for those of you that don't know, the women's golf team just had their conference uh, championship this past weekend, and uh, this story is from that. Yeah, I, I, can, I can tell this story because things worked out fine. Um, but so um, we got into town uh, Friday night. We went out to the course. We went and practiced. Uh, then, like, Friday night, we park our van in the hotel parking lot. Uh, we had hung up what we thought was our, like, hotel parking permit. And it had fallen down uh, throughout the night. So we originally we were supposed to play at 10 o'clock. It got postponed uh, to a 1 o'clock shotgun. So we roll outside about 11 o'clock. And I walk around the building. Well, actually... One of our freshmen on the team, Carlene Paul, was like, hey, where's the van? She thought that Eric Gruber, the assistant coach, and I had left to go get, like, breakfast or lunch or something like that. And she goes, hey, like, where are you guys at? And we're like, in our room? She goes, where's the van? And we're like, outside? What do you mean? She goes, oh, I just didn't see it. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's got to be down there. And uh, we're getting ready and whatnot because we're going to go get to the golf course. And I'm like, I'm going to go check to see if the van's there. Like, I got a bad feeling. And I go downstairs, and the van is gone. The van got towed. Um, oh, apparently, our, our parking permit had fallen down in between the driver and the passenger seat. Uh, apparently, it is an Iowa State uh, tailgating parking lot with special privileges to parking for the game. It was a home football game. Mm. Um, so I walk down. I go to the front desk, and I go, what, uh, where's our van? And he goes, you had your permit? And we go, it was in, yeah, it was in the car. We thought we had it hanging up. He goes, well, if it's not visible, then they're going to tow your car. 
And, like, he just handed us an address and a phone number. And I call, and the guy's like, yeah, you got 30 minutes to get down here. Oh, my. So not only do we have 30 minutes, um, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't even know how we – luckily, we had an Uber that got there pretty quick. Our Uber oh, guy was wow. great. Um, he got us there. We walk in there. We're like, all right, we're here. He goes, you got to pay in cash. I'm like, oh, boy. So I ran – about oh, like three quarters of a mile to a gas station. I got the cash, ran three quarters of a mile back to the the towing company, paid the cash. When I paid and I like walking in, huffing and puffing air, the guy's like, Chief, why didn't you ask for a ride? And I'm like, oh. I, and we're good. I'm not going to say anything. We got, <laughs> I was like, I was just not having it. I was like, Let's just go get the car. We went and got the van. We pulled out. We got the women all packed up. They got to the course about 35 minutes before tea time, um, which, honestly, with the weather conditions, like, I'm not sure that our women would have wanted to be out there warming up any more than that. It was raining. It was cold. So it was kind of not like a perfect scenario because obviously I didn't want to go through that. But, like, to not have them out in that weather was, like, okay. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a wild start to conference. Yeah, and it all worked out. So it's it's a funny story in retrospect now. But man, you got you got a good workout. In. That's what I call a rookie coach. <laughs> I wow. guess, but wow. I mean, I just couldn't imagine like if, it, if we even wait thirty minutes later, we don't even like <laughs> we don't play at conference, right? Which right. would have stunk. But again, everything worked out. That's why I can tell the story. So things are good. That's just straight bad luck right there. The fact that the permit fell down in between the seats. It, the, like, what are the chances? And the thing that's, we had it registered with the hotel, so, but that's a whole other story Yeah, that we'll get into later. Dex was saying uh, Murphy's Law. Do you guys, you yeah. guys don't know what Murphy's yeah. Law is? Murphy's Law. Everything that can happen will happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, if you were to you gotta watch. got to prepare for that next time. What movie Maybe, is like, it? duct tape it to the windshield or something. Sure. And then you Just throw it on the dash, I guess. <laughs> Interstellar. They talk yeah. about that. Uh, great yeah. movie, though, by Top the way. five favorite movie of all time. Go check it out yeah. if you haven't seen it. Yeah, great. Great film. Great film. If you're open to crazy things. Anyway. All right. Now we're going to uh, questions from the audience. Uh, you could uh, DM us on Twitter at TuesdaysWNC, um, and we look forward to uh, seeing all your questions for us. Um, so first one from this week. <clears throat> What is one thing on your Dubuque bucket list, and then what is one thing on your life bucket list? Mm. All right, so on my Dubuque bucket list, I'll probably have to go with um, doing a riverboat dinner because I've passed that riverboat, and I've seen it out on the river a few times, and I always like being out on boats. So that's one thing I do want to do probably even before the year is over. Um I don't really know the details of that yet, but I, I feel like it would be pretty easy to look up. Um, and then my life bucket list, this is something I've always said and been wanting to do is swim with penguins. Whenever I see them swimming around, they're always zipping around, having a good time. I feel like if I, it would be so fun to go swim with them and, and just kind of go from there. It would have to be warm weather penguins probably, which do exist. Uh, my Dubuque bucket list is what's – it's not like the trolleys. What are those – the fourth street oh, elevator. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely want to do that. Um, I've heard some good things. It's just one of those things that you have to do uh, when you come to Dubuque. Do you live in Dubuque? Haven't been able to do that yet, but that's definitely something. 
And then life bucket list. I want to, I mean, I got to have to start getting in better shape for this, but I want to hike Mount Everest. Ooh. Wow. I read a book on one of the biggest Mount Everest disasters of all time. Great book. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but great read if you're looking for something. Big in hiking. Um, I understand that, like, I'm not even, like, close to getting or, like, doing what I need to do for that. But that is something that I want to just do something that's absolutely Yeah, nuts. that would be awesome. That would be awome yeah and actually the the your fourth uh, street elevator is the same as mine I've been here five years and have not done the fourth street elevator so that's that's on my bucket list still um, for my life one I mean honestly I would probably just say <clears throat> I'd like to like maybe go out west and take some like nature photography I love shooting mm. photos and um, maybe going out to either Oregon Washington even like Wyoming, Idaho, kind of out in that area. I got another really one cool. that, that's kind of a little bit more realistic. I want to hike the Grand Canyon. That would be cool. That'd that be one, cool. I mean, there's like tours and like week-long events that you can do, and I like know that have some people that have done that, that I know that like I could go and probably do it now, but that'd be fun. <laughs> I mean, if you ever go, can I come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, if you could speak another language, what would it be and why? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I know Spanish enough to where when I was in Mexico, I could communicate okay, and it was kind of cool using some of the Spanish I knew. Um, but I would say if I if I could speak any language fluently, it would be French, just because I like the way it sounds. That's really kind of a weird answer, but it's true. I mean, I know French. Je m'appelle Cole. My name is Cole. Um, but my uh, – honestly – Mine would be German. Um, I got relatives, uh, some heritage, some family that's German. I know a little. Um, every Christmas, we used to sing uh, Joy to the World in German. So I actually know some of that, but I uh, lost all of that uh, throughout the generations. Dang, yeah. yeah. I really do wish I could speak a second language fluently. It, it's something, maybe uh, Maybe I should put that on my life bucket list. Is uh, I, At some point when I'm, when I have more time, I just should really study and try to get that. Yeah. I feel like mine would probably be Spanish. I mean, I took like three years in high school, but I mean, I forgot a lot of that now. I think it would be so beneficial um, in the future. I mean, with either jobs or anything like that. Um, mm. I don't really, I mean, it'd be cool to speak French and German. I, I mean, but I don't know. I have a funny story for you about this this topic. <laughs> so going into high school, I, or maybe even junior high, uh, when I signed up to take French class because my, both my sisters were taking like Spanish and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm going to take French. My grandpa was absolutely furious. He's like with these, like with how much like I enjoyed athletics and like baseball was a big thing. He was like, with you going possibly into like the baseball field, you're going to have to know Spanish, like your teammates and like possible, like they might know like Spanish. So like, he's like, he was so disappointed originally kind of when I was going to take uh, Spanish or when I was going to take French, uh, but it kind of worked out. Um, I, he enjoyed how much like I was actually getting to know the language and embraced it. So eventually it was a good thing. Uh, and I did learn enough Spanish throughout my sisters because they were having conversations I had to learn a little bit. <laughs> well, it's funny that your grandpa was that invested in what <laughs> foreign language you're taking in high school. 
Um, but I guess that's a good sign. Um, I would say the key, I feel like, from all the professors and teachers I've had to learning a second language, like, really well, is uh, actually going and living for a period of time in that country. Uh, it just forces you to, to learn it, uh, like, sink or swim, essentially. All right, next question, and last question of the day. So I'm going back to uh, a recent California law and actually an upcoming Illinois law and some other states. Um, should college athletes uh, be compensated uh, for their likeness uh, and why? So just to get started um, before we kind of dive in, give a little bit more background, um, at least on my side, I think it's okay if they get, not necessarily by the university or by the NCAA, uh, there's a whole different kind of like headache that can go on that side. Uh, but if they want to get endorsements, I don't see why not, why they can't get paid. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally, and I can't say I can't say this as a representative of, of any place or anything that I work for. This is my own personal opinion. Uh, is, yeah, I do think that they should be able to profit from their own likeness in such thing as like video games with their name or jersey sales or things like that. I know that there's a lot of athletes out there that are in rough financial situations, and this could actually legitimately help them. I also know that in the past there's been scandals where athletes are getting paid underneath the table and that this could kind of uh, help alleviate the problem of that. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lots of arguments for against and for, um, but I think, yeah, I think I'm on the side of, of for. But, again, I'm not super informed on, on – the issue yet i think i gotta go against you guys i don't i struggle with this question a lot and i've i have a friend uh who actually graduated from loris cruz fedler um we used to argue this all the time uh when we went here um and he would always be for it and i would always be against it um and my biggest thing is that i believe that student athletes at the division one level are already getting paid and they're already receiving compensation, um, with scholarships and everything. So I just think that it's unnecessary and it does take away that amateurism level, um, as to why they should not receive more compensation, um, and stuff like that. My only argument to that is I understand that that athletic scholarship is getting them that foot in the door. Uh, but with how much athletics has kind of grown and like what it takes to be, a part of a division one school, they're not allowed to have another job. So like it's literally school and sports. So they don't have another opportunity for another source of in income. So when the other people that are getting that academic and they're getting that side of things, I understand they have to do some different uh, like labs and maybe other things to hold that academic scholarship, but they have opportunity to go do a part-time job, a full-time job. If you're an athlete, you're putting in over 40 hours a week in the gym. I know there's certain things NCAA rules, but like they don't have an opportunity to go to class to exceed and be able to get the academics because they got to keep academics up. They have to be able to stay healthy, which is a big thing. Uh, yes, some uh, colleges uh, grant them, even if they do get injured, um, that's still that athletic scholarship. But, and then you also have to perform. You have to be like you're under pressure to perform in your sport. If you don't perform, you're going to lose your scholarship. So, I mean, I'm not saying like obviously you got to perform because like you're getting like that scholarship to do that. But not having that 
time to be able to go and get a part-time job to help be able to help out your family to be able to help out you as an individual to do other things is why I don't think I think they should be able to and then with how much income they bring into the universities I mean one thing that we looked up uh, my family had this conversation uh, Texas A&M was profiting after they paid the coaches paid everything all their expenses they were still profiting 11 million dollars yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. The whole argument of not having time to have another job, especially at the Division One level when the coaches do uh, expect you to put athletics first. Um, and in that sense, you really are kind of trapped and bound by uh, that sport, so being able to earn some side money. Now, granted, it, it won't be fair just by nature. It's not going to be fair. The, the sports like football and basketball and the most popular starters on those sports are really the only ones that will actually probably make money. Um, but um, the argument could be that they do deserve that. I mean, it's, it's very, very, very rare to even be in that position. So I also think another thing could be uh, stipends is another thing you could possibly go into on how you could kind of regulate uh, yeah. on where that money could go um, and giving them – some sort of additional like stipend for their likeliness of like hey here's this for you just having a poster or your billboard or your i mean like we don't even grasp how much like these kids are getting used for their face um for having people come into the stadiums um and they i mean that's why they're going that's why you're seeing all these one and dones you're going to start seeing you're all these kids in high school and the basketball they're not going to start going to colleges they're going to start going playing overseas and they're going to come join the draft after that. Right. Um, the the one and done trend in college basketball division 1 is pretty crazy if you if you think about it. I mean, they should be I get why they are not going to force you to stay all 4 years, but you should pretty much have to at least f- go to school for at least 3. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I'm on the other side of the argument. Um and there's a lot. I mean, there's a ton of to unpack. I mean, we could talk about this topic for hours and hours and hours. For your for your side job comment, um, and stu- their student athletes aren't allowed to to hold jobs, basically. Which I agree. I mean, I know they they the hours. I mean, are incredible. I mean, especially at the Division One level. My argument to that is, I feel like they sh- they shouldn't be allowed to be an athletic scholarship. Then you could you could pay them for being student athletes. I think you could taking away the the amateur argument and a professional argument and getting paid for doing a job is I'm not even talking about that take away their scholarships and pay them for the sports because I mean your argument is trying to make money so if they're making money why do they need a part-time job if they're getting paid for playing sports you know I mean I think that it's unnecessary for them to get scholarship money for playing their sports as well as getting paid on top of that to play their sport I mean I think if they were all on the same level and they all got, uh, whether you're a student athlete or not, and you all get academic scholarships, you shouldn't be able to get another athletic scholarship just for attending and playing on the team. Yeah, well, my argument, though, is that so they're getting scholarships for school, which if they weren't, they'd be taking out loans mm-hmm. most likely, which then – would they they would be paying in increments in the future for a long period of time. So it's it's different because if you're getting paid for your likeness or you're getting stipend, you're actually be able to use that money for like housing or food versus like this the scholarship situation is just kind of money that is going to be taken out of your pocket in the future. 
I'd be willing to bet that the athletes would make more money off of jersey sales, off of likeness, and off of ticket sales than they would in academic scholarship or in, in athletic scholarship. I think that they some, would make maybe some. Some, I agree. But I mean, I think that you you could have that opportunity. You say, hey, here you can either have your athletic scholarship, or we can pay you a certain percentage of. I mean, I don't. I mean, then you're going to get into some different things. I understand where your topics is, but uh, it's. And then another thing is uh, that I will kind of be on your side about uh, not necessarily paying it is that some universities will have an advantage over other over over others if you're to do the endorsement side of things. Um, all of like the schools in Cali, um, the bigger city schools would have a huge opportunity for those kids to get endorsements uh, versus some of your smaller schools that don't have that avenue. Yeah. And I mean, there's just a ton to have unpack in just that simple question. So maybe if you see us around campus, uh, definitely maybe ask us some more questions like that. Um, but I really think we're kind of, we can't express all avenues just in this, in this short of a podcast. But I'll be interested to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how other states handle it because I know, I know, like Illinois, and I think it's either North or South Carolina have already proposed laws similar to California. New York um, has passed something. Yeah, and then I mean, what the NCAA is going to do is going to be well. I know NCAA had already, if California was going to pass the bill, they were going to ban any school that were to pay their athletes the opportunity to play in uh, championship events. Right, which is going to be the interesting part to see how that actually plays yeah. out. Uh, and see who holds out. And and, and one thing yeah. that we, I was talking to one of my buddies about was if, you're telling me, so let's say Alabama were to pass this law. If Alabama football team were to pay their athletes, you're telling me the NCAA would ban Alabama from the playoffs? I mean, you think the NCAA that, has that a big enough cojones to be able to do that? that would be they have the right to. It's, I, I mean, know they have the right to, but <laughs> they would be missing out on how many millions of dollars yeah, by having them sit out. I don't think they'll do it. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, re- I mean, I really don't know. And another thing uh, with Nick, with, with what Nick said earlier, uh, this is our personal opinion. This has nothing to do represent the views of uh, where we work for. Uh, I just want to make that. Yep. So that was uh, all the questions we had. Uh, don't forget, you can DM us at, uh, at TuesdaysWNC on Twitter. Um, but then uh, we have a homecoming this week, uh, you guys get to experience the first ever Loris College homecoming, which um, for those who, who are not aware, and, and you two guys and specifically, really have never experienced it, it is uh, pretty, it's a pretty incredible weekend. Um, for a small school like Loris, it, it really blows other schools out of the water. Um, so I'll be really excited to uh, kind of see... Uh, how many people show up and it's always fun to see, you know, past roommates, past friends, uh, come back. Um, this will actually be my first one I've been able to come back to as, as an alum. Um, cause I wasn't able to come back last year. So I'm super excited. Um, we actually have a ton of events planned. I think there's like over 50, 53 different events throughout the whole weekend. If you just um, want to give the link to that, yeah, at alumni.loris.edu slash homecoming. Um, you could see the full schedule. You could register early, which uh, would be great. So we um, and there's, I mean, you could go down the list. There's dinners. There's uh, socials, alumni panels. Um, the tailgate is is a really a sight to see. Um, 
but a ton of a jammed pack weekend that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I've already been in touch with a bunch of different golf alumni. Uh, they're super excited uh, with showing their excitement and having those conversations. I can't wait to see what homecoming has in store. Uh, unfortunately, I'll, I'll miss the front part of that tailgate because we'll be playing in a match, hopefully against UD in a championship. Um, hopefully we get a knock around some of the teams here in Dubuque uh, and bring home another uh, sporting event victory. Uh, hopefully I get my first tournament victory that weekend. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, that'd be a great uh, great uh, homecoming celebration. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. Uh, thanks for listening to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. We're out.